Good morning, everybody. I'm Jeremy Andrade, the youth pastor here at Trinity Mullica Hill. I'm excited to share the message with you this morning. I was asked to do so a few months ago and started preparing right away because of how nervous I was. But then all of our realities changed. And on Mother's Day, I had an experience that shifted what I wanted to share, not knowing that I'd be sharing on Father's Day and how God already connected those two days for me this year via this sermon. So on Mother's Day, I went and visited my mother-in-law because I'm a wonderful son-in-law. And we spent time in the lawn just socializing, socially distanced. She works at a healthcare facility, and at the time, their COVID numbers were rising, um, so we had to keep our good distance. And that's why we couldn't have the grandkids participate because my niece and nephew were only four and two years old. And so instead, they decided to do a drive-by with Mimi in a distance, and they were waving, and then they started crying because they wanted to hug Mimi. And then Mimi started crying because she wanted to hug them, but she knew it was best not to hug them and comfort them in the way that they wanted. I know that a lot of us had had similar experiences the past few months with having to social distance from people that we yearn to be with, to hug people that we would love to be with, but we know that it is best for us not to do so. Um, Even those that have claim to be practicing social distancing far before COVID are now realizing that we are all social creatures to a degree and miss being with certain people. And I'm sure as parents, there are circumstances in which you know that you doing what would make your kids happy is not what's always best for them. Whether it be living off of peeps the first three weeks after Easter Or I remember when I was doing homework, I'd have my mom help me when I struggled and she would do a couple problems, help me through them. And I'd go, you're doing so great. Why don't you do the rest of it? Believe it or not, that never worked once for me, but I continued to try. And she knew that I wouldn't learn if I didn't go through it myself. And in the same way, I believe in the story of Lazarus. The disciples and people witnessing the miracle would not have learned how powerful God truly was if Jesus had healed Lazarus before he had died. It says here in verse 14 and 15, Lazarus is dead and for your sake I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. It was all for God's glory. It says in 4, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. But people didn't believe it was possible. Mary said, if only you were here earlier, then I know Lazarus would have been alive. People in the crowd as he went to the tomb said, if only Jesus was here earlier, the man wouldn't be dead. Martha said, I know that you could have healed him if you were here earlier. But Martha says, I also believe that God will do whatever you ask of him. And I'm wondering, are there any issues that we believe are too bad or have gone on for too long for God to be glorified through them or for God to do something about them? I know right now as a nation, we're going through a pandemic as well as a very tense political season. I know that all of us have problems Individually, whether it be in our homes, at our work, with certain relationships. And sometimes we feel that God's inaction means that he isn't 
looking out for us or doing what's best for us. Some of us think, well, I've done A, B, and C, so why can't God take care of problems A, B, and C? And that's not always what's best for us. Sadly, I know the Israelites were very upset with God because they thought he wanted them to die in the desert. In chapter 17, verses 2 and 3, it says, So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? He then went to the Lord, and the Lord told him to take the staff that he had used to part the Red Sea to strike a rock, and water flowed from that rock for the people. They were so focused on their problem at hand that they doubted what God would do for them and what God was capable of. It was only three chapters ago that God had parted the Red Sea and led them out of Egypt on their way to the Promised Land. It's only two chapters ago that he turned dirty water clean so that they wouldn't get sick in their travels. And only one chapter ago, he provided bread for them so that they would not starve. But just like that, three, two, one. They forgot or ignored what God had already done for them and were grumbling about what they wanted him to do for them. Like the Israelites, God has already saved us from slavery, not in the traditional sense, but we are no longer slaves to sin because he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you and for me. I hope we get the chance this Father's Day to look around and see what he has blessed us with. In our homes, we have our families. We have the possessions that he has provided from the jobs that he has provided for us. And he's provided us with a wonderful church family here at Trinity. That's been such a blessing to me and my family. And I hope to you and yours. Now, it's easy to focus on the issues that we face every day because they are right in front of us. They are things that cause suffering daily in our lives, not only in our households, but out in the world. We're constantly flooded with all of the things where sometimes it seems like God is not there, but his inaction does not mean that he is absent. We are limited in our perspectives of everything, but he knows everything that he has done for us. He knows what he's doing, what he's protecting us from, and he knows his ultimate plan for the future. And I hope that we appreciate all the things we see and don't see him do in our lives. So what areas does it feel like God is not showing up for us? Could it be like my niece and nephew, where he hates to see us upset and suffering, but knows that him doing whatever we want to comfort us is not ultimately for our well-being? Could it be like Lazarus, that the problem needs to prolong and also get worse so that we can see his power work through it and ultimately bring more glory to him? Or are we like the Israelites where we're so focused on a specific issue in front of us that we ignore everything that he's done for us, everything that he's provided for us, and even what he could be doing for us right now that we just can't see? I want us to remember that his inaction 
does not mean that he is absent. He promises us time and time again that he is with us. And since we are Trinity Mullica Hill, let's focus on the Trinity. Joshua 1.9, the Father is with us. Matthew 28.20, the Son is with us. 1 Corinthians 3.16, the Spirit dwells within us. It is so obvious and so true that he is with us and that his will is perfect. And yet we like to focus on what makes us feel best in the moment. Let's try and strive for his will and what will bring him glory in the end. Let's not limit what he can do in our lives. Let's be vessels so that even when we have problems, he can solve other problems through us. Would you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for this time to get together. Thank you for your word that we're able to dive into it, learn more about you and learn more about your son that you sent for us. Lord, we just ask that we feel your presence in our daily lives, that we look for you in our daily lives, that we spend time with you so that we get to know you better and have a better understanding of what your will for our lives may be. Lord, we ask that ultimately your glory, your name is shown through all of our actions and all of the circumstances that we go through. In Jesus' name, amen.